Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Shout to the shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. May God add his blessing to the reading this morning. Okay. I'd like to remind you we have uh, prayer lists in the back uh, on the table in the narthex. Uh, these are prayer concerns for the last week that we've uh, uh, taken last Sunday and then last Wednesday night when we gathered together. So uh, pick one of those up. If there's not one, we'll make you another copy. Uh, one person that uh, I talked to one of my pastor friends yesterday, and, and he's a, a veteran uh, from uh, from uh, from uh, Vietnam, and he was a prisoner of war a long time, and so as a result of being prisoner of war for a long time, he's had a lot of health concerns over the last uh, 30 or 40 years, so he's going to be in the Veterans Hospital. His name is uh, Everett Palmer and have heart surgery uh, this coming week, so if you think of Everett Palmer, you can pray for him. Uh, He is undoubtedly the most unusual pastor an evangelist I've ever met, and I say that in a good way, and uh, he's really had a wonderful ministry uh, towards other veterans and towards the people in his churches that he served as well. I don't know about you, but we've been celebrating uh, Thanksgiving with family and with lots of friends around. And it just seems like everywhere you turn, there's people, people everywhere, and hardly a moment's what? Silence or quiet. (laughs) In fact, during the holiday season, there are so many people everywhere that sometimes we might feel like as if, uh, you know, the expectations are so high and and, uh, the noise level is so loud that you you, kind of wish, wish everybody could just go away for a moment and I could go off in a quiet place for a moment or two. You really appreciate your family and friends, but sometimes it's almost century overload uh, during those times of holiday uh, gatherings. So I was looking at a psalm, and I, I found Psalms 100 uh, and have interpreted it perhaps in a little bit different way than you've heard before to use as a, as a psalm to teach us about how we can enjoy other people despite uh, the crowds of people that are around us uh, during the Advent season. And I think that's important uh, for us to remember that particular thing. This week with our grandchildren, uh, six grandchildren, and our uh, uh, three sons and their wives, uh, and all the noise of uh, Great Wolf Lodge, I've had about all of, uh, uh, of the noise that I wanted to have for one time. And uh, so I was preaching this sermon first to myself as, <laughs> as I wandered around uh, with those uh, folks uh, this last week. So maybe it'll help you uh, as it seemed to, to help me as well. In uh, Psalms 100, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful noise. 
And I thought to myself, that's what the first lesson might be on how to enjoy other people, is to not hear noise, but hear uh, joyful noise. The fact that people are around us, people that we love and care, uh, and they create noise, certainly, but we can honor, they are honoring their creator, and we can honor their creator by the fact that we hear that noise. We're able to hear, we're able to enjoy family and friends, and for that we can be thankful. And I was glad to hear several testimonies this morning before we gathered for worship, as well as during the prayer time, of people who were happy to spend the time uh, with family and friends in this Advent and Thanksgiving season. They are each precious people in God's sight, and we have to hear that noise, not just as noise, but as joyful noise, a celebration of God's presence in our midst, living his life through the people around us that he has given to us. Learning to turn noise into joyful noise sometimes is a very difficult thing for us to do, but the psalmist was able to do that. Uh, He said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the land. All of those of us who are part of God's land, part of God's family, can rejoice in the noise that he has brought into our life. And then second in that passage, he says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, to serve the Lord with gladness isn't a grudging kind of service, is it? It's not a have-to kind of an attitude, but rather when we serve the Lord with gladness, we can serve the Lord in a way that um, perhaps other people might not be thinking about. Uh, some people think of service. Uh, they think, uh, you know, helping some uh, little old lady across the street, perhaps. Or maybe they help, think of uh, helping people who've uh, had some uh, tragedy in their life, their, their house burns down or something like that. But there's more to serving the Lord uh, than those graphic kinds of ways that might come to our mind. Uh, service can be just as simple as prayer, praying for those ones who are being noisy around us. And as we see the crowds of people coming and going around us, whether we're shopping or whether we're with family, we can uh, pray for those people as we see them. Prayer, especially for those people who perhaps bug us a little bit. (laughs) Those are the ones that we really need to pray for because when we're praying for them, we're really praying for ourselves because we're, after all, the person that's being bugged, right? (laughs) Uh, It doesn't bother them at all, but it does us. And this came home to me uh, several times uh, being uh, an area minister in West Virginia all those years. Uh, Sometimes a particular pastor or his church would uh, be troublesome. And I'd have to go to that church and be try, try to be a mediator or a calming presence or a peacemaker or something. And anyhow, in those situations, uh, serving the Lord with gladness was pretty difficult because you have uh, different sides and you don't know what to do in, in a particular situation. So you have to meet with people, you have to love them, you have to serve them in a way that only prayer can do, right? Because sometimes there's just not any apparent answer to the situation's Uh, that might face us. And so we turn to praying for people, uh, knowing that God is going to make a difference in that person's life. And won't it be exciting someday when we get to heaven and we'll see living uh, 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 results of our prayers? Perhaps that person that you only met briefly uh, for a moment, and that person who may have even been bugging you, and if you prayed for that person, maybe that person Uh, the prayer that you offered for that person might be the reason uh, that they arrived uh, with God's forever family and a new heaven and a new earth. 
Then another way to serve the Lord with gladness is to go out of your way for somebody. Go out of your way for somebody. Go out of your way to greet them. Go out of your way to help them with a need. Go out of your way to compliment them for something that they might be doing. Everybody likes to have a greeting. Everybody likes to have a compliment. Everybody likes to know that they're loved enough that someone would take the time to help them in whatever need they might have. So serve the Lord with gladness. And then third, it says, come into his presence with singing. We come into God's presence with singing in our hearts. Some of us are not as good at singing outwardly as we are, uh, but we can sing uh, you know, in our hearts. We can sing in the shower when we're all by ourselves. We can sing to the Lord and lift up his name in praise. And as we sing out to the Lord, suddenly the problems that others might be bringing into our life uh, seem to diminish away, don't they? They seem to pale into insignificance when we are looking at singing unto the Lord. Years ago, whenever I was in high school, our gym teacher, he was an ex-military guy. He had been one of those drill sergeant kind of guys. So he'd make us line up, and he'd make us stand at attention, and you had to have your feet just right and your hands just right by your side, and, and even your gym clothes had to be well, 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 you know, they couldn't be just crumped up in old smelly stinking things. He expected you to show up uh, in gym class looking uh, like you'd, uh, you know, just come out of the laundromat or something. But anyhow, it was uh, rather difficult sometimes uh, to, um, to uh, be singing in your heart uh, when a guy is being so strict on the outside. But I determined that what I was going to do was I was going to laugh on the inside, even if he was being mean on the outside. And so, again, what the, our reaction to people, like my reaction to that gym teacher, is, is up to us, isn't it? Somebody can force something on us, perhaps, but our response to that is what makes a difference. And I think that's what the psalmist is saying when he, when he says, come into his presence uh, with joyful songs, the NIV word says. And so we've come today into God's presence with joyful songs, and we know uh, that God will be with us when we are joyfully singing, even if it is just singing on the inside. And then the psalmist tells us there's some things we need to know. He says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. Remember that God is always God, and we're not God. Uh, sometimes that's hard for us to fathom, that fact. Uh, Humility, though, is the key to recognizing that God is God and we are not God. We sometimes want to uh, have everything revolving around us, and I'm tempted this way at the holiday season. Everybody says, well, what, does, you know, what do you want to do? Well, it's not about what I want to do. It's, it's about what God wants us and what God has given us opportunities to do uh, in his presence with his family. So humility is a key to being able to enjoy other people during a holiday season. Jesus has two promises about humility in the Sermon on the Mount. The first one, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Humility comes as we have a poor spirit, as we humbly come before God and God's presence, uh, then we will be blessed and then secondly, he says in verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. Two great inheritances for God's people who have mastered humility, if that's possible. Uh, 
inheriting the kingdom of heaven and inheriting uh, the new heaven and the new earth. What great inheritance God has for those who are humble. And then second, uh, we are the people. It says, uh, the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the creations of, of Almighty God, and yet sometimes what we want to do is we want to create God in our own w way. Rather than allow God to create us as we have turned our lives over to him and allow him to recreate us, we want to take God and form him in our image and make God into the person we want him to be. Oh, my God's not like that. My God's not like that. But I appreciated the first song we sang. It says, our God is an awesome God. We can't fence him in. We can't say this is what God is like. Uh, God is who he is. Uh, God is the God he is. God is not the God we think he should be. I thought that was a good quote I found someplace. God is not the God we think he should be. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Or, since that can be translated in the present or future tense, it also could be that God is saying, I will be who I will be. God is present, God is future, God is past. He is without tense in that sense. Uh, God is the God He is. He is, I am who I am. And then, relating that to getting along with other people is, is that the same is true of other people. They are who they are, and we cannot create them in our own image. Uh, you can ask my wife. She's trying to fix me up for 40-some years, and she's still failing. You know, it's, it's impossible to recreate somebody. And so she's learned to pray for me, and, and uh, so that's good. And uh, that's probably uh, the best thing that could possibly happen. So anyhow, we know that we can't change people any more than we can change God. We have to accept them. Uh, as they are, even if we don't agree with them. Uh, and we continue to try to love them. Now, I don't know about your family, but our family has an unwritten rule. We don't discuss politics. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know who, who raised those three sons of ours, but, man, they've got politics that are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And you wonder, where in the world did that ever come from? So the thing you got to do is just leave that alone, don't you? We can all center, though, all of those three families can center on God's love for them, even if they don't agree with uh, each other's politics. And then uh, next, in verse 4, it tells us to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into God's gates with thanksgiving. I think it's very appropriate that thanksgiving comes before Christmas. Because what the psalmist is saying is we're entering personally, this is talking about in this sense, first part of verse 4 is a personal thing. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We have to come into God's presence personally ourselves in thankfulness and in joy for his salvation unto us. Then uh, we can come together with others. Recently, uh, when I was visiting in the nursing homes, uh, one of the ladies uh, told me that she's, she told me the secret to being happy there in that home was she was determined to be glad for such a good place to live and for all the people that cared for her. And I thought that's, that's an example of someone who's learned to enter into the gates personally 
with thanksgiving. She was personally thankful for those who cared for her and for that place to live. And so after then we've come to that kind of an attitude, such as this lady did, then uh, we've gained our own attitude of joyful thanksgiving, then we can find joyfulness with others. If we don't have joyfulness in our own heart unto the Lord and thanksgiving, we're not going to be joyful and thankful for those around us. So joyfulness comes uh, then together with others as we enter into his courts with praise. Enter into his courts with praise. It takes a group of people to most adequately enter into God's courts. That's the court of the temple. Uh, In David's time, it was the outer court of the tabernacle where all the people gathered together to praise God, uh, not just one person. So they, they entered into God's courts with praise. One of the One of my favorite hymns is, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill our hearts. I lost the last of it. Whatever it was, but fill our hearts with praise. Anyhow, I could sing it, but I can't say it myself. So anyhow, we're we're entering. It takes all those people singing together and beautiful harmony uh, to bring joyfulness uh, into God's courts with praise. God's Spirit within each of us helps us to enjoy the presence of God within the other person. As we draw close to God in praise, then we're drawn closer to one another in, in God's presence, in the presence of family and friends and fellow believers. And then the second part of verse 4 says, um, uh, bless God's name. I think that's a key to enjoying the presence of other people, too. Uh, Blessing God's name. So many times, unfortunately, in our culture today, it's... God's name's not used to bless other people, unfortunately. You know, you hear God's name being used in vain too much, don't we? It's unfortunately. We don't want to hear that abuse of Jesus' name or the abuse of God's name. But we instead then, as Christians, have to work doubly hard to connect Jesus' name with something good rather than Jesus' name with with just a curse word as we often hear it. So as we, as Christians, connect Jesus' name with the good things that happen around us in our life, then other people will see uh, that they also need to reverence God's name and to reverence Jesus' name. Uh, you folks are going to really be in for a treat when you get to heaven some day and meet my mother. My mother was the most proper of uh, Northern Europeans. You ever notice the Northern Europeans are quite proper people and uh, very reserved and so on. My mother, uh, she corrected my English and my sermons right up to her dying day. You know, I mean, the last sermon she, she heard me preach, she corrected, you said this, your subject and verb didn't grieve, and you know, on and on. She was a very proper person, and uh, being a first-generation American, she spoke the English language perfectly. And uh, towards the end of her life, she developed uh, dementia. And uh, the interesting thing was, she became less reserved, but oh so much sweeter than she used to be before that time. Uh, she, she was just a sweet person. I can remember one of the last times I took her for a ride in the car. She liked to ride in the car. And I had some candy, some mints that I kept in the, in the armrest there uh, so that I'd keep myself awake driving down the road. 
And uh, she says, oh, candy, thank you, Lord, she said. And then, uh, and then I said, well, you can have a piece if you like, Mom. And she said, well, praise the Lord for that, she says. And I mean, it was just like a, another person. She was thanking Jesus and praising the Lord all over the place. Uh, she, she was able to see that connecting Jesus to the blessing, even as such a small thing as a piece of candy, uh, was, a, was a good thing to do. And I think all of us could learn a lesson from that person who, uh, who taught me, that we can connect Jesus' name with the good things, small and great, that happen in our life. And then verse 5 tells us that the Lord is good and merciful. The Lord is good and merciful, even when we don't understand uh, what's going on in our life. The thing that I've had to remind myself over and over again over the years, and you've probably figured this out as well, that the biggest problem you have uh, is not going to be a problem 100 years from now, is it? So as great and momentous or terrible a problem that you face, 100 years from now, if you believe in Jesus, you'll be in the arms of Jesus. You'll be under God's mercy and love and grace. And uh, we can be thankful that the goodness of the Lord... Uh, lasts in, for eternity uh, in a new heaven and a new earth, uh, but his goodness and mercy also are expressed in the fact uh, that we don't last in this physical body for an eternity. My, could you imagine having to live in these uh, sickly kind of bodies for any longer than we do? I mean, 60, 70, 80, 100 years is long enough, isn't it? And so we can be thankful that God's mercy, in his mercy, he has limited our problems uh, to this lifetime. And that his goodness and mercy, though, uh, will continue on into eternal life. God's mercy is extending for eternity his goodness to us. Uh, Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the meantime, we have to remember what David said in another psalm, Psalms 30 and verse 5. He says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You and I are living through the night, so to speak, in this life compared with the light of eternity. Uh, The difference between uh, twilight and uh, full, beautiful uh, daylight is the difference, I think, between this life We're living in a twilight of life, uh, so to speak, as we live here in this earth, compared to the glory and the majesty of the eternal life that God will have for us someday. So weeping may last for this twilight life that we're having now, but joy will come in the morning. And as the Christmas season soon comes upon us, uh, some of us have mixed emotions about uh, holidays times and Uh, And we remember the past and all the good people that were part of our Christmases past. Uh, They won't be here, perhaps, this year. Uh, But when we remember those people, let's rejoice with the psalmist, and perhaps the best thing to do would be to memorize a scripture verse or two that you can relate to someone. Uh, I had someone point this out to me. Uh, when my, uh, one of my younger brothers, Jack, he died of cancer several years ago, leukemia. And he was just 
early 40, 40 40-something, 41, 42-something, and left behind a family. What a tragedy that seemed to be. But someone said, well, you need to find a verse and dedicate that verse to your brother Jack. And then every time you think of Jack, think of that verse. So the verse I found was the one that we used, one of the ones we used last week, uh, Hebrews 12.1. We're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. So since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us focus our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith. So whenever I think of Jack, I think of he is one of that great cloud of witnesses that I uh, have in my life, and, and I try to, uh, in what I do, try to honor him among many others uh, as we do the work of our lives here at home. So this Christmas season, a challenge might be for you to uh, pick a Christmas a scripture or any scripture from any place in the Bible and connect it with a person that you might have Uh, uh, to be tempted to be sorrowful over. And then by connecting the Scripture with that person, uh, you might be able to uh, uh, have a good memory that goes with that person when you think about them. Uh, There's a lot of good Scripture passages, and um, since this is the Christmas season, pick a Scripture passage. Uh, You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. There's one. Or you can pick one from the book of Isaiah. Uh, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And concentrate on the fact that God is with us. And uh, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, Isaiah 9, 14. So there's lots of scriptures, and as we memorize those scriptures, even just a short phrase, and connect them with those we love, it will bring home the precious promises that God has for us. Jesus' promise is to us life abundant and life eternal. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That promise is for those of us who've received Jesus' love and forgiveness into our life. Uh, We need to rejoice in those promises. But perhaps there are some here who have not yet received Jesus' uh, love and forgiveness, and today would be a good day. If we don't know Jesus' love personally, if we haven't entered into his gates, uh, uh, not only with thanksgiving with everybody else, but uh, uh, we need to do it first of all for ourselves. And I would challenge you to do that as uh, you contemplate the Advent season and you'll be able to rejoice with others around you in God's presence in your life. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that during the Advent season, when there seems to be an abundance of noise around us, that your presence can be brought even closer and dearer to us. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless and guide and direct and help us to be good good witnesses of your name and your love for us, even as it is portrayed so well in the story of Christmas. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.